Oh, good morning and welcome to episode 150 of Life Song Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks along with Phil Ramsey. Good morning, Jimmy. How are you, sir? Doing good. What about yourself? I'm doing well, doing well. Listen, man, I, I got, uh, I'm excited about today. I am fired up. Today is a big day. Big day. Today is my birthday. Is it really? My spiritual birthday. Oh, okay. August 27th, 2013, the Lord came into my life and changed my life. And, uh, of course, you know the rest. You've kind of been close to me the whole time. So, um, yeah, I was I was affiliated. I've known you for a long time. Affiliated. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> We've my, been buddies for a long time. but uh, Or affiliation. <laughs> but I remember being around you while you were lost. Mm-hmm. And just to be honest, your mouth was... It was rough. I mean, oh, just yeah. to be, you, you a changed man. Oh, yeah. I remember going to the TV station and dropping off our, our church tape, and we'd talk. I mean, of course, I've known Jimmy a long time. Yeah. But uh, it's just really remarkable to see what a new heart will do to a man. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. so, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you, man. It's birthday. Birthday. Is it birth or birth? It's, it's rebirth. Rebirth. It's my rebirth day. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, it's good to remember. Uh, and I think, you know, really and truly, we should never forget the time and the place and the circumstances from where God saves us from. Mm. Because the moment you do that is the moment you become, uh, it's it's easy to drift away and become lukewarm. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, you know what Scripture says about a lukewarm Christian. Mm. I can't tell you today. I know when, but I just, I don't have the day. I didn't never write that in my schedule. Mm-hmm. I just know I've been saved. Yeah. I remember it, I was at church, you know. Yeah. And, uh, of course, God was drawing me the whole time. I wasn't there by accident, by no means. But I was searching. And I, and I knew I knew I was empty. Mm-hmm. And what I was had been doing my whole life just wasn't feeling it. And so God began to draw me and use people. and And then... I heard the gospel for the first time, and then I was saved. I yeah. believed it. So, and see, when I say that to people, they they look at me like I'm crazy. But when I, you know, tell them, give my testimony and tell my story, and I say, you know, the day that I heard the gospel for the first time, um, they look at me like, man, you know, you've been around people, you've been in churches. Uh, you know, I haven't been a, I didn't go to church growing up, but I've been in churches and, and been to churches and visiting and and I had been in the presence of the sharing of the gospel but when I say I heard it for the first time I had the ears to hear it and uh, God had just given me the ability to be able to hear and receive what I heard uh, for the very first time the day that I heard it and so uh, Therefore, I received Christ and was and was saved, called down on his name. And boy, my, my life has not been the same since. And I'm going to tell you something. The Christian life is not the easiest life to live. But boy, is it sure the best. Yeah, it's a, a life of even though no matter what you go through, you, you have peace, you have joy. And none of that is based on your circumstances because it's ground. When you realize where it's grounded, then you have true peace, true joy, true joy mm. no matter what storm or whatever's going on in your life, you can have that. And only when you have Christ, and I would say people that even are born again, if it hadn't been too long ago, have I truly grasped what I just said. Mm. Because I was 
My happiness was based on my circumstances. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. My my joy, my peace, my happiness is grounded in Christ and my my position in Him. And because I know that, and I know I'm secure, I know I have hope. Uh, yeah, I have true joy and peace, That's no right. matter what happens in my life. So That's right. I just hadn't got hadn't been there. Most of my life hadn't been there, but praise the Lord, I am now. Mm. So that's good. Well, happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. Um, what are we going to be doing today? Well, we're for to celebrate, we are going to jump into the seventh chapter of Hebrews. So, Jimmy, we got a guy. We're going to be looking at Melchizedek again today and start learning about him. Of course, well, we're today. really going to start looking at him today. Yeah, you know, in depth. Yeah, the, the writer of Hebrews wanted to look at him in, in, in chapter 5, but he got mad. Yeah, they a little, little slow hearing, <laughs> yeah. a little dullish on the learning side. That's right. But uh, this is an in- interesting individual. Uh, and so let's just go ahead and read, and if you would like, read 1 through 10, and then we'll just dive in. Did you bring a Bible, Jimmy? <laughs> you see me trying to turn my pages. I like right. to hear those pages turn. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 7. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham apportioned a tenth of all the spoils, was first of all, by the translation of his name, king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, he abides a priest perpetually. Now observe how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of his choicest spoils. And those indeed of the sons of Levi who received the priest's office have commandment in the law to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their brethren, although these are the descendants from Abraham. But the one whose genealogy is not traced from them collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed the one who had the promises. But without any dispute, the lesser is blessed by the greater. And in this case, mortal men receive tithes, but in that case, one receives them of whom it is witness that he lives on. And so to speak, through Abraham, even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We can't tell you enough how thankful we are for your plan. Lord, you you have, uh, before all the time began, before the foundation of the world was even set in stone, you had a plan in place for all of humanity. And now we're some 6,000, over 6,000 years into it, and it is still perfectly going on according to how you laid it out. Lord, I think sometimes, uh, as, as Adrian Rogers said, has there, has there ever been a time in your, your life that it occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God. And so, Lord, I pray that we remember that nothing has ever occurred to you and nothing has ever surprised you. And so, Lord, as we study today, let us learn and glean from your word that you set forth before the world was even set in stone. So, Lord, we, we thank you for your word. It is perfect and it is, it is without error. God, we thank you for it. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' holy in beautiful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, we've just, we've talked about 
Melchizedek before. Like you said, it was mentioned earlier, but he never did really go into it because they didn't understand it. So they need to go back and learn. And that's what we're doing mm. today. We're learning. He's now talking about Melchizedek, and he's a interesting individual. Yeah, I mean, this is the third time that he's mentioned in the book. He mentions him again uh, in, in back in, in Chapter 2. Um, that's where he was first introduced. And then in Chapter 5, he introduces him where he begins to start. He wants to uh, – this is where he kind of rebukes uh, the, the audience who he's writing to, the author of Hebrews. And, uh, you know, he says, I want to tell you more about him, but, I, you know, you, you've been dull of hearing, and so now i gotta, I got to rebuke you a little bit. And so uh, – so he does that for a chapter or a couple chapters. Yeah. And so now he gets into the meat of uh, a little bit of Melchizedek and who he was. And this is what he was wanting to teach them and tell them way back a couple chapters ago. So we, we see that he's a high priest of the Most High God. He's also a king of Salem, which is a, an ancient name for Jerusalem, by the way. I don't think that's just happenstance. That's... Uh, that's not coincidence. That's for a purpose. See, these guys, these people that he's right that the author of Hebrews is writing to, they have um, they have a little bit of a hang up. They, they they're kind of you know you know what it's you know what they say about knowledge. What Scripture says about knowledge. What does knowledge do? Puffs you up. Puffs you up. And these people are maybe a little bit intellectually smart. And then there's a difference in being intellectually smart uh, by the world standards and being uh, wise by biblical standards. And so you can be the smartest person in the world. You see a lot of uh, uh, a lot of atheists who are very, very wise people. Some of them scientists and doctors and and whatnot are very smart and intelligent according to the world standards, but they are biblically ignorant. Mm -hmm. And so by, by divine wisdom from God, they have none. And so these Jewish Christians that, that he's writing to here, uh, th what he's trying to say to them as he begins to explain Melchizedek and Melchizedek's priesthood uh, is he's saying, look, uh, they should be very interested in, in Jesus as their high priest, uh, but they've uh, but but here's the here's the hang up is that Jesus came from the priesthood of Melchizedek, the order of Melchizedek, uh, and he didn't come from the tribe of Levi or the family of Aaron. And so what he's doing is he's trying to remove the intellectual uh, um, stumbling blocks that these Jewish Christians had with the gospel. So uh, there, there's some there's some things there that are standing in their way. And this is one of them to be a high priest. You had to be a direct descendant of Aaron. Mm -hmm. And so we have Melchizedek, who came way before Aaron was even born. And so Melchizedek is a high priest, and he's not in the downline of Aaron. So they struggled with that. And so, what they're, they're look, the priesthood was given by law, and Melchizedek came before law. Mm -hmm. the, the law says you have to be in the downline of Aaron. Well, Melchizedek is before Aaron. So they are, this is a stumbling block to them. Yeah. How could, they would have to deny what the old said if they were going to believe the new. Mm. Not, not deny it to say that it's not true, but man, it's like the cross. The cross is a stumbling block to a Jew. This, this right here is a stumbling block to a Jew. But they had to get past it. They had to come away from the old before they could get to the new. 
Well, see, this is what was really unique about this as far as history. And this is probably why this is a stumbling block to them. If you read the first verse, this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham as he was returning from the slaughter of the kings, and he blessed him. So if you go back to Genesis 14 and you see Abraham is returning from the slaughter of the kings, Abraham had, uh, had uh, I guess he had defeated uh, the confederation of kings, or this conglomerate of kings who were responsible for kidnapping Lot, his nephew Lot. Uh, and so uh, Abram took 300 and something men uh, and uh, and fought, went to battle, and he uh, he defeated the kings. He got Abram, uh, he got Lot back, and uh, he got all their possessions and money and things. And he so he comes back, and uh, he met with Melchizedek. Now this this was Melchizedek was was a priest, is what the text says, and he was also the king over the city of Salem which you has already already said is, a, is an ancient name for Jerusalem, right? So it's a, his, this is where they're having a stumbling block. Here's where they're having a problem. History for them is is God God had for, forbid the kings of Israel from being priests, but he'd also forbid priests from being kings. Well, here you got a man who's both. Mm. So they, there's a problem. Yeah. They, they've got an issue with this Melchizedek. So the author of Hebrews is, is is stepping through this with them, right? And what's interesting, uh, Jimmy, he is a a priest of the Most High God. So the priest was given by law, and 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 what did, who did the priest represent? Did the priest represent everybody? Did the priest represent Jew and Gentile and and every individual on earth? Or did the priest represent a specific people? What they did, a specific people. Mm-hmm. Who are those people? Israel. Yeah. So, but but the word here, we have different words here, and uh, under the the national he, Hebrew name for God, the word is Adonai. But when we're dealing over here, we go into Melchizedek. There is Elion which is more of a universal name for God, encompassing everything, everything in heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. So Levitical priesthood was a, for a specific group of people. But in the order of Melchizedek, it's universal. And that's what Jesus is. Look, he had a chosen people. And those were the Jews. Those were Israel. But guess what? I'm a chosen person too, and I I didn't I'm not a Jew. You're not from Israel. I'm not well. well I, I did ancestry.com. It's not as good. <laughs> so I'm not a Jew, and so guess what? Melchizedek is a priest, a universal priest, and Jesus is our great high priest, not only for the Jew, but for the Gentile. And Jews can't stand Gentile, mm. so they're struggling. Yeah. How can this be? Man, they had to change the way they thought. That's right. And it wasn't easy. Mm-mm. No, it wasn't. Well, verse 2, it says, To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. So we see here that Abraham is tithing or giving a tenth mm-hmm. to Melchizedek. And you, uh, you, and here, here's, here's the picture. Melchizedek, Jimmy, is greater than Abraham. Mm-hmm. So he's given ties to someone greater, which is, look, Abraham was a, 
Look, he was the man. Father Abraham to the Jew, he was the man. That's right. But he, this great Jew, gave ties to somebody else who was superior to him. And this is what he's trying, the author of Hebrews is trying to iterate to his to his audience mm-hmm. or illiterate if I can if that's the right word to to the audience he's saying look you know everything that you hold is is on the back of Abraham he is father Abraham you have put everything on his back but look even Abraham there were those greater yeah than him that's true Good and word. so that's what he's trying to, to, to show is, look, you know, Abraham went out and he did this. He, he went out and he defeated the kings and and he, he rescued his his uh, his nephew. And then he come back and he gave the spoils of the of the of the war. He gave the spoils that he had collected to Latham to Michelzadek and the Michelzadek then in turn blessed him. By giving him part of it, I don't know how much. It doesn't say what he gave Abraham. It just says he blessed him, and then even out of that, Abraham tithed ten percent back to him out of his, out of the blessing that he gave him. Mm-hmm. So uh, Abraham is showing that he is greater than him. He tithed. You only tithe to something greater right. than you see what I'm saying. And so he tithed and gave ten uh, percent to uh, to Machelzadek, who was what a priest of the Most High God. So he stood greater than Abraham. So he's greater than Abraham. Jews have a problem with that, right? Mm -hmm. He's not a priest according to the law. They got a problem with that. That's right. And so they got got some stuff to overcome. Let's go on and read the next verse. It says, "Without, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the... Here's the deal, but he's not Jesus, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Look, Machelzadek is not Jesus. This isn't a picture of Jesus. This is an actual human being, an actual king of Salem, Mm -hmm. an actual historical place. He was an actual high priest. And so he's not Jesus. No, um, the, this this verse three where he says where it says uh, um, made like that word made like is uh, the Greek word used there is not used anywhere else in the New Testament. This is the only place that word made like is used in the Greek, and uh, what it means is uh, it's 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 a copy or a model, and so it's, it's an active word, and it's basically being made similar to. Mm-hmm. So he's being copied and made similar to. So, um, well, and then let's deal with this right here. It says, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of mm-hmm. life. Huh. So claim, clearly, Jimmy, it says without father. Did Machelzadek have a father? Well, yeah, he wouldn't. He, he Yeah. <laughs> He had a father. He had a father. Uh, there's only two people in the Bible that I can think of that, that didn't have a father as far as a, a, a as a father who um, who um, who made them. I'm trying to think of the way to say it. Uh, uh, but We've got children listening. That's huh? right. That's right. So so there's only two people in the Bible that, that it actually spoke of. And that's uh, that's Jesus and, and, and Adam. They didn't have fathers who were born or who 
who made them like like the rest of us. Yeah. And so, Michelzadek um, doesn't it doesn't speak of that about him either, but it, it doesn't give an account of his. You know why it doesn't? Because it's not important. That's what, and the, the point that I'm making is it doesn't give an account of his creation or his his come. It says he was without father and mother, without genealogy, but it does not describe like it does. In Jesus or in Adam, how they were created and how they came to be. The only other two people that it's spoken of, there is a very, very uh, detailed account of how they were both created. So it mentions not his genealogy. Why? Because it's not important. But to be a high priest under the law, genealogy was everything. Mm -hmm. You see, over here it's not important, but under the law, under the Mosaic law, to be a high priest, it was essential. Jesus was a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. That's what that's saying. Mm. So it's not saying he didn't have a mother or father. It's just saying it's not important. But to be a priest in Israel, not only was it important, you couldn't be a high priest if you did not have the record of genealogy. Right. Guess what? More struggles for the Jew. Mm -hmm. So let's move on. Verse 4. Um, now observe how great this man was to whom Abraham, the patriarch, gave a tenth of the choicest spoils. So you, you've got, well, let me keep reading. And those indeed of the sons of Levi who received the priest's office have commandment in the law to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their brethren, uh, although these are descendant from from Abraham, but the one whose genealogy is not traced from them collected a tenth from Abraham and then blessed the one who had the promises. Mm -hmm. So basically the, 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 the priesthood of Levi received tithes from Israel as a commandment is what this is saying. So, so Abraham voluntarily gave tithes to Melchizedek. So that may Abraham giving to Melchizedek greater than Israel pay, than the Israel payment of tithes to the priesthood that was instituted by Moses. Look here, a tithe, if you want to get all down to the nitty gritty, is a tax. It was a tax given to uh, to the Levite. I mean, the Levites, the the priest, their inheritance had no land associated with it. The priesthood come from the Levites. So what they would do by the command and law of God is pay tithes to support those who didn't have inheritance of land. And so this wasn't a, a really under the law. It's not voluntary. It was a tax. Not only was there, if you want to get crazy, not only was there a uh, one-tenth, there was another tenth, and then there was another uh, another, but you're speaking of 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 the Levites and 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 uh, and and the Israel Israel's payment of the tithes to, yeah. to the priesthood. So this is what this is is a voluntary tithe that Abraham has given to Melchizedek because he is recognizing that the whole. So what does that say? Well, it says that the whole tribe of Levi. If you keep reading verse five, the whole tribe of Levi uh, was genetically. Let me say this. They were genetically, the whole tribe of Levi, genetically in the loins of Abraham when he did this. True. So because of that, we see that the Levitical priesthood right here is paying tithes to the priesthood of Melchizedek. 
So that shows Melchizedek is in a position of authority over Abraham and his descendant Levi. Mm -hmm. Good point. Abraham is voluntarily saying, this man is greater than I. Yeah. And so as we keep moving on through this, let me just read down through verse 10 and we can just talk it out. But the one whose genealogy is not traced from, from, from them collected a tenth from Abraham. That's what I was just talking about. And blessed the one who had the promises. Uh, so he blessed the one who had the promises from God, right? But, um, but without any dispute, the lesser is blessed by the greater. The lesser is blessed by the greater. Hmm. So Melchizedek showed what showed he was greater than Abraham when he blessed Abraham. So Abraham accepted Melchizedek was greater when he received the blessing. All right. And so verse eight, continuing on, in this case, mortal men receive tithes. But in that case, one receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives on. And so to speak, through Abraham, even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. So th this tying it all together, when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi's still in the loins of his father Abraham. And so this whole priesthood that, that these, the audience right here that the writer of Hebrews is writing to, their whole thing is that the high priest come from the order of Levi. Well, Levi's still in the, in the loins of his father Abraham. And his father Abraham is showing that Melchizedek is better. And Jesus comes through the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus is greater than Levi. Jesus is greater than Abraham. Jesus is greater than everything they have ever put their hope on this entire law. Jesus is better than. So he's trying to break down the walls of the old and saying this new Jesus is better and greater. That's what the book's about. That's right. Absolutely. That's a good uh, good closing there. I hope you got that. So in summary, let's just summarize what we studied today. Jesus is a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. Mm -hmm. All right. We got that. So the new is better than the old. Yeah. yeah. The new covenant is better than the old covenant. Old covenant, essential. New covenant, better. Mm. Law was essential, but grace is better aren't yeah. you aren't you grateful for god's grace oh my goodness yeah aren't you grateful that you've been set free from the curse of the law yeah so let's think about that jimmy the bible says when we're born we're born under the law we're no different really we're no different than people then who had to obey perfectly in order to be right with God. And outside of Christ, that is. Mm -hmm. But being born again, you've been set free from trying your best to obey it and always falling short. That's right. You know, we've, we've said before on the program, um, and it's the truth of what Scripture teaches, there's two ways to heaven. There's two ways to heaven. You can get to heaven by obeying the law 100%. But the problem is you can't. You can't. We've been set free from that. You can obey the law 99.9%. You might, you might can achieve that. I don't think you can, but let's say you did. But 0.1% you broke. Guess what? You broke all, all the law. Mm -hmm. So in our natural state, when we're born, we're under, we're under this system of we have to obey in order to be right with God. And the problem is there's only one person that ever walked on the planet that could actually do that and did. Mm -hmm. Now, that's who we need to come to and recognize our inability 
to obey perfectly. That's right. Now, we are to obey, but can't nobody obey like Jesus did. There's nobody who fulfilled the will of God like the Son of God. And let me tell you something, Jimmy. I'm going in on his ticket. I'm covered by his blood. That's right. I believed in this one that this new covenant's about. And so if you are out there listening and you don't know Jesus, I'm going to encourage you, come to Jesus. Yeah. Come to Jesus. Come out from under the curse of the law. But guess what? Because it ends, the Bible says everybody's cursed under the law. And it's on the road and it ends at a place that's that's eternal. It's hot, and it's separation. That's right. And uh, you need to come to Christ, the one who fulfilled the law. Every every dot, every tittle. That's why we need a Savior. Jews need a Savior. We need a Savior. Listen to me. We need a Savior. You understand that. So so the thing of the, the matter is what, what separates a lot of, uh, of humanity is what God they want to worship, what God they worship. We were created as worshipers, so we all worship something. Yeah. We will all worship something, and there will be something in our lives that you can count as the God of your life that you worship. Now, here's the thing about it. Phil said that everybody ever created, and what the Bible teaches, everybody ever created uh, is unable to keep the law, is unable to follow the law except for Jesus. So why would you worship something or someone who was never able to fulfill God's desire, fulfill God's requirement, not his yeah, desire, yeah. but his requirement to follow his law perfectly? Why would you worship someone, a, a Muhammad somewhere or a, or a Buddha somewhere who, who falls into the same category as you, unable to keep his law? Or yourself. Right. Or your athletics. So that's right. Or your job. That's right. Or your girlfriend or your husband or your wife. The only thing or person that was ever able to satisfy God's requirement was the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And that is who we must come to in worshipful submission. And Jesus gave his life for us. And so, man, without repentance and belief in him, we stand hopeless. Mm, doomed. Yeah. Doomed. Well, consider what we've said today. And uh, I, we just pray that you come to Christ. We pray that all men come to him, Jew and Gentile alike. Uh, and what's your stumbling block? Yeah. What's your stumbling block? For them, this Michelzadek was giving them a run for the money because mm -hmm. it was just not like they'd been told. For them, it was their, it was, it was their heritage. It was, it was uh, um, their, their, their Jewish heritage. It was, they were Israel. They were God's chosen people. So now you're telling me that there's another way? God chose us. And this is what it's always been like. And so that was their stumbling block. They had many stumbling blocks. You know what the average person's stumbling block is, I, I think? What's that? They have to do something. Mm-hmm. Their stumbling block is how could God, how could I be saved and not have to do it? Surely there's something I've got to do to earn favor and merit to justify his love for me. Oh, no, you don't. All you have to do is believe. And that's a work of God. That's right. You just have to believe. And that's not a work. That's his work. That's right. 
You know what I'm saying? It just is. So that's what the Bible says. Mm. So uh, you can't earn it. Believe it. Yeah. Follow him. Trust him. And if we can help, we'd love to. That's right. So we got we didn't get as far as we wanted to today. But no, but we we're we, not through with Michelle's deck. I don't think. No, we're not. We still got a lot to speak of about him and and uh, and Aaron and and, and Levi and uh, and all that whole priesthood and and that Lenny. We still got to go through verse. I believe at around verse seventeen or so. No, I man, this is just just is good stuff right here. Hebrews. Uh, the more I study it, the more um, it begins to just permeate my life. And uh, just what, I mean, I think we, we, we really don't give a lot, of, uh, a lot of thought to a lot of these truths. And, you know, we've talked about before how much, how, how denominations have been built off some of these things. And, and, and they have been built uh, off of taking a lot of this, this letter out of context. And as, as I begin to study more and learn more from this book, it just really opens up the what God uh, has, has been trying to say to his people since before the foundation of the world. Jimmy, can I end on a can of worms? Please. And we'll close it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we'll close it after this. Some people use this text right here, and they say, Aha, tithe came before the law. So therefore, tithe is before the law, beyond the law. And then, what? Then I would say to them, so did sacrifice, Cain and Abel. We're not sacrificing animals anymore. Jesus came and fulfilled the law. Okay, it's all His, not ten percent. If you belong to God, every bit of it is His. That's right. So. Anyway, you can go to our website, lifesongradio.com, hear any of the, the uh, previous podcasts, and uh, also you, there are an app available that makes it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. We'll get back in, uh, again, Chapter 7 next week, and we hope you come back, tell a friend about the show, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Jim, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, you are far superior than anything that has ever existed. Everything was was created by you for you, and you are far superior than, than anything. And uh, we just come to you, and we just give you just praise. And I just sit in awe as I, as I study your word and as I pray and I, and I seek your face. I, I just personally sit in awe. That a God so infinite, so power, powerful, knows my name. And he came, took the form of a human, wrapped himself in flesh, walked among us, and, and lived and obeyed the Father perfectly. And you became flesh so that we can know you. Lord, I just thank you for sending your son to die, to live that perfect life, and to to die that perfect death, to shed his blood as payment for my sin. And because of that, I stand before you absolutely whiter than snow, holy, and a co-heir with Christ. Lord, I just thank you for that and praise your holy name for 
for saving me. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to people today, that your Holy Spirit begin to draw them, that, uh, that you will take this word that we, that we spoke today, use it in their hearts. And I just pray that the seed of the gospel take root and eventually produce fruit. And we know that one day, one day soon, you will come and, and harvest those that belong to you. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Folks, we'll see you next week for another edition of Life's Home Radio.